Welcome back to another episode of GEMS Podcast with Genesis Amaris Kemp, where the core pillars are to educate, inspire, and motivate. Sit back, relax, and enjoy this segment. Welcome back to another episode on GEMS Podcast. I am your host, Genesis Amaris Kemp, and with me today is Dr. Angela Mulrooney, but we'll call her Angela today. And here is a bit about Dr. Angela Mulrooney. She is a global speaker, best-selling author, and personal branding expert. She works with thought leaders around the world to clarify their message through their brand archetype. While using various media platforms such as LinkedIn, podcasts, and the stage to drive sales so these experts can change the world with what they know. And who better to explain more of what she does in depth than Angela Mulrooney? (laughs) Thanks for having me, Genesis. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Angela. And today we're going to be talking about um, personal branding and LinkedIn. And why is that so important? Because sometimes people forget that we are our brand representation. We're Mm -hmm. our biggest asset and we have to show up in the world how we want other people to perceive us because we all know what they say about making assumptions, right? that it makes an ass out of you and I if we just judge a book by by its cover or just assume something. And then later on down the line, you're like, wait, that's not really true. That's not accurate. But why do we do that? And I think it's because we have so many unconscious biases that are circling around that sometimes we don't even, you know, fact check or we don't really take the time to go beyond the surface level. And that's why I think it's so important to talk about personal branding as well as how to incorporate that with various platforms. And I know this is your area where you're a SME subject matter expert. So I want you to walk us through some of the tips. But before we dive into that, I want the audience to know a little bit more about you because your bio is just your bio. And (laughs) I only know what you told me. So what's a fun fact about you? Uh, fun fact about me is that I have competed internationally in dance, won many championships as well. So while I was the dentist, I was also um, traveling the world doing that. That is super, super cool. So um, since you traveled the world doing dance, how was it um, juggling like your full-time job and then plus tapping into something that you love? For me, both things were my passion. Like I wanted to be a dentist since I was two. So doing that during the day was playtime. Going and dancing at night was playtime. And so I just got to, I felt like I got to play all day. So there really wasn't any work involved in either arena. And now like from coming from dance and your dentistry background, what led you into personal branding and why did you pick LinkedIn as your platform? So I ended up after building the practice of my dreams, being able to do the skills that I loved with patients that I loved with the team that I loved, I ended up getting injured with um, actually a central nervous system injury called uh, focal dystonia. So what happened was my control over my beautifully coordinated hand disappeared. And unfortunately during a surgery, that's when it completely conked out. I'd had warning signs for the three months before with severe pain, um, lack of ability to use it at the end of the day. But uh, it was in the middle of a surgery that it finally petered out. And unfortunately that was the last day I got to practice. So 
that brought me into so many other realms because I had to figure out what I was going to be when I grew up again. And truly what I want to be when I grew up was a dentist since I was two years old and I was 32 when that injury happened. So it was pretty life-changing and I really had to dig deep to figure out who I was going to be without a drill in my hand. Wow. So as you were going through this quest of realizing that that was your last um, dance and then now trying to pivot and really go on a self-discovery exercise and just really look within to manifest what you wanted to see externally. What was the hardest thing during that season? Because you're going from something that you're super passionate about that you absolutely love. And now you're not able to do the thing that you love. So it's like you have to redefine yourself and find out who is Angela again. And sometimes that's hard because when life happens and we're throwing curveballs, it's not always pretty. And sometimes we're angry. We're asking why. And there's so many thoughts going on in our head where some people will either sit back and wallow or some people would say, you know what, YOLO, you only live once and now I need to, you know, just shift the page because just like seasons change, we as human beings evolve all the time. Mm -hmm. So the hardest part really was trying to figure out what I thought versus what everyone else was telling me to think. Because, you know, when something like that happens, that you don't come out of that going, I can do this. And you move on to something else. There is a grief period that happens with that, no matter how strong you are. And so I had all these amazing advisors around me who had seen other people go through this. And they're like, you have a business, keep running it. You may have to change it a little bit to work with associates because my practice was quite niched into working with people who were afraid of the dentist. But it, the hardest part was starting to develop my own intuition about what I needed to do next, because I felt like these people knew better than me. So I shut that down completely until I couldn't um, stop ignoring my intuition. That happened around 2015. So that was about two and a half years after my injury happened, the oil prices started to tank and I was in Calgary. So our whole economy was based on oil. And when I'd first bought the practice, I went through the global financial crisis. So I'd already been through an economic tanking of the economy and this one was happening so much faster because it was specific to our, our main industry. And I decided to half the price of my practice, half the value of it and get it sold. And people thought I was insane. But the truth was every day I walked into that practice, it was like the scab of the injury of what I'd, I had gone through of losing my ability to practice was ripped off and I started to bleed again. And so I finally really, I stood up for myself and was like, you know what, this is not what I want to do. I cannot... If I have to do this for the next 10 years and keep walking into this practice and seeing the lost potential in because of the injury, then I was going to be a miserable person. So I decided to make that decision for myself and move on. And I'm so glad to hear that you listen to your gut instinct, that intuition and that still small voice, because I can't tell you how many times that we hear the signs internally, but we tune them off because it's not necessarily what we want to do or where we want to go but if we would just stay quiet and just really get in the zone then that still small voice and that in intuition will never lead us astray because it's inside of us for a very reason 
And so whenever you are going through this journey and this new phase of your life, what are some of the things that you did to help you cope that helped you really figure out your new brand mission? I went, I went through quite a bit of discovery and went in lots of different paths because I had a lot of different passions and skills that I could offer. So the first thing I built after my clinic was my professional dance company. And then a year of doing that, stepping away from dentistry and not having people look at me with pity for losing my career, that allowed me to start looking at what the lessons were that I had learned and what I could do to reach back and pull dentists forward so they wouldn't have to go through some of the same things I went through, like a lawsuit with a practice, the dentist dying halfway through a deal, going through global economic crisis. Like there was a lot of weird things that happened that gave me a lot of wisdom before the age that I should have got that wisdom as a business owner. So then I built my business coaching company, Unleashing Dentistry's Potential. And that was really, it was again, it was kind of listening to my intuition, but it was also listening to what everyone else said. Cause they're like, well, you have knowledge. You might as well put it to use. You've spent all this money, um, not just my education at university, but beyond that with all the, the knowledge I had acquired with continuing education. So they're like, you should use that to help other people. And so I tried to do that. And it was the same scenario as walking into practice. It was that scab being ripped off my heart. And I tried to keep doing it because I knew I had, I had a way to contribute, but it wasn't making me happy. Um, and, but to get that company noticed, I took to LinkedIn and started talking about what I knew about branding and niching and dentistry. And in a year on LinkedIn, I went from 200 to 12,000 12, dental industry followers. So people started to go, um, how did you do that? And can, can you do that for me? So I started taking on a few case studies with friends and seeing if I could replicate what I'd done and I could. So by January, 2020, um, yeah, two months before the pandemic hit almost the day, I became an official company Unleashing Influence, which was meant to be a social media company, full service, help people with their influence, help them to be the thought leaders that they were really meant to be. And by 10 months into the pandemic, we were, uh, we had gone from two and a half full-time to 14 full-time team members. So we grew by spades. And what happened was people didn't have the access that they used to have to, you know, develop those connections, develop their networks. So they needed to figure out how to pivot to online. And that's where that growth came from. That is amazing. So from two full-time to 14 full-time, from 2,000 to 12,000. So there are some- 200 to 12,000. Oh, 200 to 12,000. Yeah. Oh, wow. Impressive. <laughs> so how did you begin to help others who weren't necessarily in the same industry that you were in? Tell them, hey, this is what I'm doing over here. So I could rinse and repeat and apply this to your business. What were maybe like the top five um, strategies that you- that you dealt with or what does that look like if that makes sense yes well part of the problem was when i was doing my linkedin with the two companies so at unleashing dentistry and at unleashing influence i was trying to promote both of those which is very confusing to the market so a lot of people at first with unleashing influence are like oh you work with dentists and i'm like mm, really don't maybe five percent of my my um, client base is dentists and the rest are outside of dentistry so i decided um in spring of this past year, after I'd moved to Nicaragua from Calgary, that it was time to divest and simplify if I wanted to actually enjoy paradise. So I sold 
unleashing influence the agency part of it and just niche down into exactly what I did. I sold off Unleashing Dentistry. I sold off Unleashed Dance Company. And so part of the reason I did that was my own sanity because working 100 hours a week in paradise is just dumb. And I also wanted to really look at everything I'd learned. Like I'd been experimenting for those previous eight years, the eight years since my injury, trying to figure out really what, what is my best value to add to the world. And by the time I got here, I started to realize it's not by managing a ton of people. It's not by building an agency. It's by working with those people, helping them to get out of their own way to be those thought leaders. And a lot of them don't think of themselves as thought leaders. I'm helping them to create content, build their personal brand so that the clients who need them can find them. But that is really what started to change in my world was really thinking how to simplify this so that I I could actually make a difference. Ah, okay. Kind of like the KISS method. Keep it... um keep it short and simple, or some people say it differently. So you, <laughs> you apply the KISS method, you realize then that you didn't, you didn't necessarily want to trade your time for money. You didn't want to be working a hundred hours a week while in a beautiful place such as Nicaragua. And you wanted to really enjoy the fruits of your labor while still helping other people achieve that as well. So what was the start ugly moment in transitioning from Calgary to Nicaragua? And then what was the transformation from the transition? So the reason I moved from Calgary to Nicaragua was with the dystonia, I actually have quite severe pain. So on a good day, I'm eight out of 10 for pain. On a bad day, I'm 10 out of 10 in puking. And it gets worse with the cold snaps and the ups and downs. And Calgary has these things called Chinooks. So for your audience who's not near the mountains, you, you can have like 20, 30 de degrees Celsius swings in a 24 hour period, which causes a lot of problems like migraines, increased pain. And so I decided, you know what, I've been dealing with pain for so long that why not try a different environment and see if that makes a difference. And my original plan was to go and do business development in hot places like Australia and South Africa. And of course, once I made that decision, and this is already, the pandemic was already happening and I was aware that travel was going to be changed, but Canada had this massive upswing in cases and the countries I wanted to go to closed the borders to Canadians. So I was like, okay, well, I'm still selling my house. I'm still selling everything I own. This is happening, whether, <laughs> whether it comes out the way that I want it to come out or not. And uh, Nicaragua was actually one of the paths of least resistance. So I ended up here and five days after I arrived, Canada shut down all the tropical flights. So I was stuck here. Um, and I, I could have traveled to other places. But I was like, you know what, this might be a sign to just like stay still for a second and just just make the most of it and be. And so that's why I decided to stay here. Oh, okay, nice. And it's so funny because you got in in a small window because you said after you got there five days later, Canada has shut its borders to the tropical places. So yeah. imagine what that would have been like if you didn't leave when you when you did and being stuck in Canada. So it's yeah. always <laughs> a reason. Yeah, the funny thing is the day after they closed the flights was when I was originally supposed to be coming down. And that little alarm bell went off and I, I was like, something's changing. And there wasn't anything happening in the news, but I was like, Some, if I don't leave now, I'm not going to get there. And then that five days later, which was um, a, day be a day before I would have arrived, 
that's when the shutdown happens. So again, that little intuition tingled and I listened and it saved my butt. So now that you're in a new place, you're all settled in and you think about um, the difference in culture, have you found it to be easier or difficult working with a different culture and helping them with their personal branding? And do they use LinkedIn um, like how we use it? So I don't work typically very locally, to be honest. My audience is still very North American because all my work was online before the pandemic hit. So most of my clients I've never actually met in person. I've met them through Zoom and I work with them through Zoom. So my working environment didn't change aside from being in a different location that was hotter and more humid. Okay. Well, that was, that's a blessing then. So you're still running your business virtually and um, you're just in a different space geographically. So now that we have you in a different space, different climate, it's helping you mitigate the pain, you went through the transition as well as the transformation, I want you to talk about if someone is coming to you, Angela, and they're saying, hey, I really feel like I need an expert to help me. If I don't get this help, then I'm not going to be able to do my business effectively and I'm going to probably have to close down. What would you say to that individual to encourage them, but to also put practical things in place? Because business people, they don't have it all together and they need other people to help pull them up so they could get to where they want to be business-wise. And I think it's important that whenever you start to build up your business and scale it up, you then begin to partner with people who have other skills and qualities that you do not possess. For sure. Tapping into a network of experts, not just one coach to help you, I think is super important. And once anyone approaches me, I have three big questions I ask them. And oftentimes these three questions leave them sleepless for that night and maybe a couple of nights after. And the first easy one is why did you start doing what you're doing? So whether it's you started this business, you started in the profession that you're in, what, what was that inciting incident that made you go, yeah, this is what I want to do with my life. Then I ask them, why are they still doing what they're doing? Especially the last two years, we have been through a nightmare. And for most people, even if things went well, there's still been a lot of struggle. So if they stuck to it or they've decided to pivot into something else, why did they do that? Now, the deciding factor of whether you stick it out with your business or not, or even stick it out with your profession or pivot is where do you want to go? So if you look at your life in 10 years, what do you want that to actually look like? And from where you're standing right now, are you even close to being set up to take that journey to where you want to go. And for some people, you know, like what I did with my practice, I cut my losses because I wanted to get out and people thought I was insane for leaving money on the table. But if your business is not serving you and it's not making you happy, the sacrifice and the cost, not only financially, but mentally and emotionally and physically for doing something that you hate is so not worth it. So if you decide that yes, where you're at right now is going to take you to where you want to go, you will be able to find the gumption and the passion to be able to carry it forward. But if part of the reason you want to get out of it is because it's not going to take you to where you want to go, it's okay to cut your losses and to get out to save yourself. And the saving yourself isn't just financially, it is all those other aspects that once you let it go, you are free to go 
and discover what you actually should be doing with your life. I like that. And if you think about it this way, people just think about the frozen song, let it go. <laughs> because <laughs> sometimes you can carry around baggage that wasn't really meant for you to carry, carry mm -hmm. around. And if you think about it this way, whenever we travel and we get to the counter where they tell us to put our luggage on the scale, they want to make sure our luggage is at 50 pounds or below because the aircraft can only travel certain amount of passengers and certain amount of cargo. So if there's too much cargo and that cargo does not balance out with the passengers, then the plane is not going to be able to cruise to higher elevations and altitudes to get you to your next destination safely. So in life, check what baggage you're carrying around. And if that baggage is not serving you, then it's time for you to leave the excess baggage so you can soar to the levels that you desire to be at. And that baggage could be mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. It could be family members, friends. It could be business partners that you need to say, say bye to because you've outgrown them and they've outgrown you. And that's okay. You could still remain amicable with one another, but just realize that the season that you're in, you're in it for a reason. And there is always a reason to go through different transitions and transformations in life. And that is a part of your branding. It's a part of your purpose and it's a part of your mission. And one thing that I like to um, ask some of my clients, Angela, is who are you and are you doing what you want to do? And is it because it fuels you, it motivates you, it causes you to have that smile and it sparks something inside of you each day? Or are you doing something for the money? Because the money can come easily, but you could lose it quickly. And if you're trying to secure the bag and chase after the dollar signs, you're going to be miserable. But if you're chasing after your purpose, your passion, and your mission, then the money will come because you're not so keen on having the money, but you're keen on the outcome that your product and your services is going to provide. For sure. And I think sometimes we get tied up in the shoulds and the shoulds sometimes come from ourselves. Sometimes the shoulds come from society. Sometimes they come from our cultural background. Sometimes they come from our families where they're like, well, you have to be a doctor or you have to be this and that. And it does create a lot of baggage. And sometimes that baggage serves us. And sometimes we need to light a match and just burn it all away and go back to square one and figure out what we would really like to do with our life if everything got taken away and we got to start again. So if we were to wind down, Angela, what would you like the listeners and viewers to get out of this segment about personal branding and using LinkedIn effectively? What are some top tips that you want them to be mindful of as they begin to walk out their personal journey? So those three questions I asked are important for developing out your brand story. They're going to help you to figure out why you're doing what you're doing, including, and that really includes building your personal brand, not just your profession, not just how you operate in the world, but your personal brand needs to represent those three questions. And when you start actually creating content, you need to be okay with who you are, you know, be okay with standing in exactly who you are, even if you're not perfect, let's be honest, nobody's perfect. So it's okay to just be who you are and own where you're at. And you may not be as far as far in your career as you want to be. Trust me, at 42, I thought I was still going to be a dentist and have this conglomerate of practices. And 
I've had to start again a few times to get to where I want to go. And some people think that I shouldn't share that part of my journey and other people's com people commend me for it. But if you really want to attract your people, own where you're at. Because the people who are right for you, the clients who are right for you, who want the skills that you have, they will connect with you because of who you are. And if you're faking anything, you're not going to attract those ideal people that you see on your schedule and go, yes, I get to work with them today, right? And it's a great feeling when you have the ability to do that. And the more you lean into that, the more you're going to have those right people appear, the more you're going to do exactly the kind of work that you want to be doing. And it, you know, it just becomes simpler every day to do what you want to do. Yes. So I would also add, never sleep on your dreams. Be mindful of how much somebody is paying you because if they're paying you a certain amount, are they paying you that amount so you could be comfortable and conducive to their environment while allowing your dreams to die inside of you each day? Then the other thing, think about how many people who have left us and now their dreams are in the graveyard because they were too afraid to ignite their purpose and passion out of fear of what others may think or say. When in actuality, those people do not hold your destiny. You hold your own destiny in your own hands. And then number four, I want you to go back to your inner child and your inner self when you were in primary school or elementary. And if you've heard this question, and I want you to close your eyes and visualize it with me. What do you want to be when you grow up? Now, how would it sound if somebody would change the question and ask you, who do you want to be when you grow up? Because the what is a sense of defining you and placing you in a box and category that limits you. But you are a limitless individual with endless possibilities and your life is not just starting. Your life is transitioning and it's beginning because you are holding the reins. You're holding the ball in your own court and destiny lies within inside of you, not inside of what other people want you to be. So I want you to grab hold of your future and pull it in and navigate your own damn ship because you got this. So I hope that resonates with you and I hope it sparks something inside of you that is either going to cause you to go educate yourself on a different subject that makes you happy, that's either going to inspire you to take that leap of faith and step outside of your comfort zone or something that is going to motivate you to start running your business like a well-oiled machine so you can make money work for you and not the other way around. And Dr. Angela, as we wind down, I want you to tell the listeners and viewers how they could connect with you via your website and where you hang out on social media if you hang out somewhere else other than LinkedIn. Yes, I only hang out on LinkedIn, so you can find me as Dr. Angela Mulrooney. And if you want to reach out to me, you can send me an email at Angela at unleashinginfluence.com or check out my website, unleashinginfluence.com, and you can set up a discovery call with me there. And there you have it. All of Angela's contact information will be in the show notes. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast on all major platforms and follow us on our YouTube channel, Gems with Genesis Amaris Kemp. 
Remember, you are a masterpiece. You are uniquely created for such a time as this, and the world needs you to be you. It's not time to live in the shadows of others. It's not time to be a carbon copy because being a carbon copy is not cool. It's all about originality. So own your originality, boss up, and level up. And until we chat next time, peace, love, and lots of blessings. Have yourself an amazing day. YOLO! Thank you for listening to another segment of GEMS Podcast. Hope you enjoyed this recording. Make sure you like, comment, share, and subscribe to GEMS Podcast on your audio platform, as well as our YouTube channel, GEMS with Genesis Mars Kemp. We would love for you to be a sponsor, so please reach out via email at GEMS, G-E-M-S, with W-I-T-H, Genesis, G-E-N-E-S-I-S, Amaris, A-M-A-R-I-S, Kemp, K-E-M-P, at gmail.com, where your brand, your swag, your services can be here on GEMS Podcasts.